Every play, every stat, every breakdown, on their own they're essential, but altogether they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advantage tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing pieces to get the most out of every second of film. Learn more at huddle.com slash a quick timeout. It's great to have on the podcast assistant coach for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Coach Mike Netty. Coach, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. Coach Netty has been there in Columbus for six years with Coach Chris Holtman. Before that, spent time at Gardner-Webb, East Carolina, as well as a couple other schools. Coach has been a part of some great staffs, and so today I thought he'd be a great resource for some insights on running practice and the practice planning process. Coach, to start, can you explain to me how things work and your philosophy for player development as a whole and then the correlation between individual player development and what you all do practice-wise? Yeah, I think the the individual development is is certainly separate than our team practice. Um, you know, there's a lot of levels, high school included, where you need to combine it. You need to obviously utilize your two hours the right way. Obviously, at college, the pro level, um, you know, and even some of the grassroots where you have a maybe a bigger time block during the day, you can separate it. And I think there is value in that. We have benefited from that at a high level because all of our guys will have individual workout plans that it'll, it'll be separate, you know, based on your strengths, weaknesses, your ability to expand your game, you know, they're going to have a different development plan than say your, you know, your teammates. So I do think it's critical in, in not just your preseason or your summer workouts, but in your in-season development, there's so much that goes on in season from film and, and, and wins and losses and travel and stress and ups and downs. Sometimes the development can get lost in the shuffle. And I believe that is, that has got to be a priority for, for us coaches. And so we, we utilize the entire day, you know, well, if some guys doing their daily vitamins in the morning, some guys will go post-practice uh, some guys will go before weights, but there will be an individual 20 to 25 minutes just about every day um, that will address some sort of development. And it could be for a young guy as simple as positioning. It could be as simple as form shooting, uh, ball handling. Um, but it's not just going to be come in and shoot and uh, get on the gun. It, it's very much specific based on on that individual need. And then I think you can go into practice and then you can see if it translates. I think some of the, the, the best guys we've worked with, Malachi Brandon last year, we got drafted by the Spurs. Some of the best um, development weeks that we saw with him was he would he would take the workout and then he would translate it immediately into practice and it was he was such a fast learner and I think when you find those type of guys they really develop fast and they 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 see their progress um you know every week every day and it it, it becomes a journey that we all enjoy and so I, I I'd encourage utilizing the development piece you know in a separate time if possible if not you have to incorporate it into your your practice specifically in season. You had mentioned to me previously that one of coach Holtman's strengths as a coach, his ability just to create an effective practice plan. What is it about those practices? You know, coach is a, he's a teacher. He's a ball coach. He knows what he's teaching. He understands what he's teaching. Um, he, he does it in a very, a big, 
you know, broad way. He's going to use video. He's going to use obviously drill work breakdown. He's going to use five on five. And so we, we usually start almost every practice with some sort of video and it could be, it could be based on culture. It could be based on, you know, maybe it's one possession of cleanup that we have to sprint back and transition harder, talk, communicate better. Um, it could be one clip. It could be three clips. It could be an interview, an interview that you take from the NBA, a guy talking about his, you know, his understanding of, of his role. And I think that sets a message of kind of what, you know, where we are for the day. And then we jump into practice and then practice will, it'll consist of a lot of the same stuff. Once you get into the meat of the season, it might, it might shorten, it might get to more, uh, you know, scouting and, and, and practice planning based on your opponent. But, you know, to start, to start the season, it's a lot of, you know, fundamentals to begin in, in, in it's, I think there is a difference between individual fundamentals and then team fundamentals. You know, we all go from maybe summer camp or, you know, fall where you're doing your individual development, and individual instruction, and then we go to the team practice setting and we forget fundamentals. And so we'll use our team fundamental breakdown could be footwork. It could be, you know, playing off penetration. It could be passing. It's a, it, it, there's an element of just, you know, focusing on the, on the little things early in every practice that he's going to hit on. And then he's going to move it on to, you know, some sort of full court, you know, a full court shooting, a full court passing, uh, kind of get the legs moving. And then it'll go right into defense. You know, I think you are what you emphasize. And, um, and coach has always been a defensive minded guy. And so we're going to, you know, we're going to have a huge segment of our defensive breakdown, um, which we all, you know, we all have the same drills. It's, it's not like Ohio State or, you know, Big Ten schools are going to, you know, we're going we're, we're gonna to invent these drills. We, we all coaches use similar drills. It's the habits that you're creating. And I think that's what Coach Holtman is, has done for years is he's created winning habits. And I think for us, it starts on the defensive end, um, you know, and we're, you know, we're going to address that stuff early in practice. And then it'll get to more of the competitive stuff and execution, you know, towards the end of practice. But he, he's a detailed guy. Um, you know, I think there is an element of, of, of all of us coaches, we try and sell to our players that, you know, this is a program where practice matters, right? You always hear that or you, yeah. you hear that. And for us, it's recruiting, or maybe it's you as you're trying to get your team to buy in. And that's, that's really standard. I don't know if that, if that's really helping your team. And, and for us, it's there, this is a program where something matters, whether it's your effort, your detail, your defensive, you know, understanding. So for us, it's, this is a program where effort and details matter, and we're going to do it with pace. So now you're putting a, kind of an identity to what your practices are. You're not just telling your guys, you know, practice is important. And so coach has done that for years. He's, he, he's had great pace to his practice and the effort and details have been so um, important. So, you know, as we're talking about how, you know, practice matters, it's, it's more of a, you know, an identity that matters. And, and for us, it's your effort and details and, you know, doing it at a great pace. I love the video and the film. I frequently get the sense whenever film is mentioned or like video being shown to players that it always is a on court, either us or an opponent. And one of the things that I know some coaches at the high school level do this, but it seems like especially the, the college coaches that I've been around, I spent some time up at Duke a lot of the summers and Coach K was always great at this. And I know not everybody's Ohio State and Duke, but there still are videos that exist on YouTube and that kind of thing that I think that you can use with players that communicate a message like that. 
are you just using Ohio State stuff or is it just like a combination of, of things that you guys have and things that you've found? Oh, it, it's a wide spectrum. It's all across the board. We've used football. We've used, um, you know, interviews with NBA players. We've used uh, guys in our league, you know, that, that have, you know, that have maybe, um, you know, played a team that we're about to play and they, you know, they certainly had an answer that, that we're going to steal. So I think there's, uh, you have to, you know, you ha- you have to steal stuff. I mean, if you're just trying to create, you know, habits based on what your guys do every single day, I think you're, 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 you're not, you're not thinking outside the box. And so I think there's, there's an element of using the next level. If you're in high school, use college. If you're in college, use MBA, um, use the guys that have done it successfully, use uh, guys that they, they study or they believe in. And I think there's, you know, there's a lot of value in, in just successful walks of life. I think when you're, trying to, uh, you know, showcase winning or you're trying to showcase culture. You're, you're trying to show them what it looks like. The examples are everywhere. And I'd, I'd say think outside the box. A quick timeout podcast is presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. Dr. Dish machines are the most advanced shooting machines on the market. If you haven't already, join top programs like the Miami Heat, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Duke Blue Devils, and countless others and upgrade to Dr. Dish Basketball. And now, save an extra $300 on select models when you mention Quick Time Out Podcast. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. A big thanks to 323 Sports for supporting the show. The guys with 323 Sports are a team dealer providing uniforms, gear, equipment, and more to schools and colleges across the country. I've used them on multiple occasions, and their customer service and low prices are second to none. To find out more, visit 323sports.com, where you can reach out directly to a rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your sports program. How do you plan the practices on a day-to-day basis, so as a staff? And then how does the staff incorporate it into the actual practice time? Yeah, it's, it, that's a great question. I think um, it comes down to leadership. I think the head coach has to really include his staff. And, and, and obviously I've, I've been fortunate to be with a head coach here that, that embraces our ideas, our opinions, and he, he wants that stuff. So there is, there's a high level of discussion going into each practice, you know, coach will, will usually bring all of our assistants and, and support staff. We, we have a full, you know, staff meeting and it's not like eight o'clock every morning, you know, you have to be there. It's, it's more, you know, we, we're watching film of ourselves early, you know, early in the season, you're, you're trying to clean up your identity. Um, it's so much about your team, your players, your roles. Um, do you have you installed everything? Are you, you know, are you trying to create what you know what what you think your team wants to look like? And then, and then polishing that. And I think, you know, through your first thirty days, your first month, you, you are spending so much time on yourself. Your your assistants, your your staff, has a lot to offer. You know, they've been. They've been with those guys, whether it's in workouts or whether it's in individual meetings and, and, and you're trying to get, you know, trying to get better every day. So our assistants are giving, you know, you're giving drills that, Hey coach, can we, can we move shooting, you know, up higher in practice? Can we, Hey, can we, can we throw in one more drill of competitive stuff? Um, Hey coach, our rebounding was, was really poor the last two days. So I think the, the suggestions are needed. Um, That's why we're all here. I think as, as a head coach, you, you want to hear that stuff from your assistants. Um, and then once you get out to the practice floor, I do think there's ways to, to hear everybody's voice. I think, 
some of the best stuff we, we've done, I think, even in the past is you've you've given your two assistants, three assistants, whatever you have, four assistants. You give them an isolated area to look at. So if you're going a two on two shell or you're going, you know, maybe it's an execution uh, five on five and you're having two guys watch offense, two guys watch defense. Um, you have one guy watch all the screening, watch one guy, you know, just talk about are we cutting hard enough? Hey, you know, Coach Nettie, I want you to watch just their box outs. I think there's a way to to specify where their eye is going that you can really get more out of that drill. And that's that's the entire practice. And I think if you include your assistants or your support staff or, you know, hey, I want I want you to chart, you know, X, Y, and Z during this drill and give me the numbers after that that coach feels included. There's investment. Obviously, you have ownership of, of are we cutting hard enough? I have ownership of that. And, and I think that that allows those assistants to coach. It allows them to to bring value to that, you know, that drill. You mentioned a little bit about those early season practices. Can you kind of compare those early, mid and late season practices and how those change, not just as the needs are different, but also as you're also dealing with school holiday breaks you get towards yes. the end. You want to be you want to be peaking at the right time. Like all of those factors, can you can you talk about how those things influence what the practices themselves look like? Yeah, I think early on, you know, us coaches are always trying to, you know, you're trying to maybe be perfect too early. And I think there's an element of of your team's going to look different in February. You can't worry about what you know September or October looks like. Is it a perfect practice? Is it a perfect you know identity yet? And I think we're you know, we're in a business and we're, we're with these guys for seven months. That, that's a long season. So I think there is different chapters of, of your, you know, your growth as a team. So early on, we're, we're usually hitting a lot more of our style of play, our system. And it's, it, it's install. You're installing your, your set families. You're installing, you know, from obviously your defensive fundamentals, your transition, your closeouts to some rotations to obviously ball screen and off the ball screen. And you're, you're really – focused on on your system and I believe there is a, there's an element of of installing more is better uh, we've we've talked about you know the the reasons to do it or the reasons to kind of install slower and I think if if you if you in, include you know your defense and your offense it's a lot you're putting in it, it really is but the idea of getting your identity in front of your guys earlier and then polishing it through the next you know, four to five months, uh, it, it, to me is important. I, I think you you get your one on ones in, your two on two, your three on three, your jump to the ball, your rotations, your closeouts. You get you get as much as you can in, you know, early, and then you and then you get better at it. Don't don't try to perfect it. Hey, we're not going to move on until we perfect, you know, our switching, or we're not going to move on until we perfect our one on one post D. I think you're you're slowing down your 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 progress. Like, you know, put in your post D, put in your ball screen D, put on your off the ball screening, and then just do it better tomorrow, and then just do it better the next day. And I think that helps your identity grow. And so, the, you know, the first part of the season, you are really cleaning that stuff up. And hopefully, you, as you're teaching, you you got to understand how do I connect to my my slowest learners? You know, how do I get to those guys? Do I put them around more of the smarter guys? Do I you know, do I have more one-on-ones with them with the assistants? But there's there's such a imbalance and, and a learning curve on, on how guys process. You, you have to make sure that you have a good pulse of that. I think there's an element of your communication in the gym that needs to be addressed early in the season. Like, you know, for us, 
you, you can always hear a good gym. You know, you, you understand, you know, winning teams, they're going to, you know, they're going to communicate well. They're going to have a identity that, you know, that talks. And I think you can hear a great team practice and, and it, it's true whether, whether you're um, echoing calls or you're, you're talking in drills, you're encouraging. I think that stuff established early is, should be a priority. It should really be a priority. That detail of communicating early in your season is needed. And then once you, obviously, once you get into gameplay, uh, it, it, it's still got to be about who you are. Um, you know, your identity, are we, are we getting better? And I think there's an element of sometimes we think, are we getting better based on wins and losses or based on, on makes or misses. And I think there's an element of what, you know, what, what does improvement look like? And, and to us, it's, it's, is our effort improving? Is our competitiveness improving? And then certainly are our details improving? And I think if, if you're seeing that improvement throughout the early season, mid season, late season, then the results will take care of itself. The more tangible things we can talk about in season is we, um, we will uh, have, you know, specific scouting incorporated into practice. So it, it will be, maybe a 10 minute segment to start practice Well, we'll go to stations. So if we're going to, maybe we're going to see Michigan state's wide pin downs, or we're going to, we're going to see, you know, Wisconsin off the ball screening, or, you know, maybe it's uh, Iowa's, you know, Iowa's low post stuff with guys like I, there's going to be a station work early in practice that could, you know, help us prepare for the game. And, and, and then, you know, we might have two coaches on one side, two coaches on the other, and one, you know, one side's working on the families we may see for five minutes and then we flip and the other side may have a simple concept of, hey, this is how we're going to guard the post D. This is how we're going to guard five out. And I think for high schools, you can do it in a little bit more of a, you know, a specific way. Maybe it's, hey, this is going to be our positioning. And then on the other side, you're, you know, you're polishing our, our, our blockouts. Like th this is a major emphasis tomorrow against this team our blockouts got to be good. So it's, it's putting a, a game plan in their mind early in practice. And then later in practice, we'll go live against, obviously against, um, you know, some part of the game plan. And so I think your practices have to be competitive all year. Uh, I, th I think there's an element of, of um, contact that all coaches are concerned about, you know, are we, are we make, making sure we're not, you know, we're not hitting too much or we're, you know, we're staying healthy. We're not, we're not, we're not injured. And there's ways around that. You know, I'd, I'd say you can, you know, you can use a drill. Hey, coach doesn't want to hit long today. So, okay, we're going to do our war rebounding for two minutes, put two minutes on the clock and we're just going to hit for those two minutes or, Hey, I don't know if we're going to get the transition defense today. So, okay, during, during five on O execute execution, we're going to sprint back into, you know, into transition against the, the scout team. So, I think there, there's elements that you have to be creative on days when coach doesn't want to hit and doesn't want contact to make sure it's still competitive and detailed, you know, without all the, you know, hat on a hat contact. One thing that you mentioned early on there, I started doing this a little bit differently where you are introducing more at the beginning. And I found that one of the benefits to that was you mentioned also like it takes some time to find out who your team is. Plus they just change over time. I think that's probably we're finding that to be even more the case as you are relying more on younger players or you have a transfer and it's like, I only got this kid for two years. And one of the benefits of working that way, which I'd like to hear if you kind of find this too, is you as a coaching staff, a lot of time have 
these great plans or like, I know this is going to be awesome. And then you do it or you introduce it and it stinks. Or there's something else where you're like, you know, this might work. And then it's just something that the kids really buy into. And I feel like by doing that early, we found that out faster. Um, had I waited, they may not have been even given the opportunity because of time to develop or become good at, or us to find out like that was a terrible idea. We should have never done that. So true. Yep. So true. And I think there's, you know, there, there's, there's a learning process, you know, even as coaches that you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to um, find your current team and every team's different. And I think you have more freedom early in the season. You're, you're allowing your players to kind of make more mistakes and find out, you know, who they are and what, you know, what they can do for you. Uh, so I do think the freedom and the, and, and, and having more availability to, you know, to, to figuring out your team early is needed uh, as you, as you start to uh, tighten your, you know, your, your, your look, your, 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 your system. Then I think you, um, you really, you really kind of find who you are and, and then you, you gotta, you know, you, you have to play to that. You, you certainly have to play to your strengths and you always know, the consistency of good teams is there. You know, they, they consistently practice well, whether it's a bad drill, good drill, a drill that doesn't make sense. Um, they're just, they're consistently going to give you effort. They're going to compete and then you're, you know, you're going to get better. All right. So talk about that competitiveness. How do you create a competitive environment, especially at the beginning of the year where you have players, I'm sure you, you recruit players that, that are competitive. You want them to, to be competitive from the start, but it's also difficult. They don't know what they don't know, and they may not know what it takes to be successful at the college level. So how do you help those players? And then also, how do you just keep that competitive environment throughout the course of a long season? I think there's a lot of ways. Um, obviously, you need competitive kids, and, and and I think you you have to put a score on just about every drill, um, You know, whether it's losers run, whether it's first to – you know, first the three stops, um, you know, we're going to play game to five, playing one-on-one, losers run. I think there there has to be a score to it. Now, that's that's like your simple simple math, right? Like, like hey, we're going to play to, you know, five stops and losers run. And I think there's, there's an element of sometimes you say that and then you just move on to the next drill and, and the losers didn't run or, you're, hey, and we, we, just kept, we just kept running the drill and play to play. And, and Coach always talks about we're playing to win. We're not just we're not playing to play. We're playing to win. So there's got to be a winner and loser in every drill. Um, now, obviously, some of the some of the breakdowns, like if you're going just your technique, you're doing your ball screen defense, you're teaching. Those have to be more about improvement. They have to be more about your your technique and, and, and helping those guys learn. And then you have to figure out how to raise up the intensity, you know, the temperature of the gym. And I think the ways you can do that is you you have a you have a rep where you're going ball screen D. You're 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 hedging the side, hedging the side, hedging the side into live. Um, or we're gonna go positioning, positioning, positioning into live. Um, we're gonna go a closeout or ball reversal live. So I think they're now you can progress from a learning, a teaching standpoint into now it snaps right into to competition. So I think that there is a way to to utilize both, you know, where you're trying to use brains in, in teaching, but you're also uh, making sure that it's competitive and fun. I think there is there is an element of of making sure stuff is live during the during the practice that helps those guys learn how to compete. You know, we 
we, we, we all use the word toughness. You know, are, are you are you tough enough? Are, are we tough enough defensively? Are we tough enough to finish plays? And I think there is an element of now, you know, guys, are they competitive enough? And, and are they playing enough open gym? And some of these some of these young kids are just doing skill workouts or just, you know, they're around trainers all day, but they're not playing. So the element of competitiveness does get challenged. And I think throughout your practice, there has to be a segment where it is all about improvement and learning and, and utilizing technique. But as many of the competitive drills you can do, you know, without hitting too much, you know, maybe the day before the game, I think is needed. And I'm, I'm a big believer in, in hitting a lot. I, I like to compete a lot. I think it's fun for the players. I think they, you know, they, they, they like to sweat. They, they like to hit. They like to square up. But I, I think you can, you can do it in small groups. You know, maybe it's this is going to be just uh, four reps. We need to get transition D in. It's going to be competitive. First to three, three stops. You know, you, you, you get a stop, you get on offense or whatever it is. You know, it, so there's, there's ways I think you'd be creative, maybe change it up throughout the, the season. You know, we're going to go first game, first team to five. You know, we're going to go, you know, ODO and you got to get a score and a stop to get a point. Um, so there's just the different ways, I think, keep it keep it fresh. But the competitive the competitive element is is needed. Is there anything that you guys do on a daily basis, trackable goals, data, numbers, anything like that, um, that either you use with the players to keep things competitive or just things that you like to track as a stat that help make you more informed? Yeah, we, we've we've done two things religiously uh, every day uh, has been we have a turnover board we've had a turnover board which basically at the start of practice it's it's a big dry race board on one side says you know left side says turnovers the other side says assist so throughout practice all our live segments there will be an assist we'll tally it up there'll be another assist we'll tally it up and then at the end of practice coach can look at it and say hey we had you know 11 assists you know six turnovers it was a good day um, it was maybe it was 10 turnovers, two assists. Well, fellas, we, we got to get better there. So the assist board has been good for us, and we will chart the un, unforced turnovers. Those guys will run for those. So you're not – you know, you want your guys to to play with freedom and, and, and be loose and not overthink the game. So you're not, you're not trying to run for every turnover, but the unforced ones, guys stepping on the sideline, you know, guy traveling on a catch, the unforced turnovers. Uh, and, then, and then there's an element of rebounding that we, we chart every day. And so in all of our live stuff, our live segments of, you know, maybe it's a five on five, it could be shell. And, and we're, we're charting missed blockouts and missed goes. So offensively and, and everybody's rebounding philosophy is different. Maybe you're sending four to the glass, three to the glass, but whatever your philosophy is, those three guys that got to go or four guys, their job is to go. And so we're charting it. We got a guy on the side that's tallying it up. And at the end of the drill, it's, it's uh, these two guys had two missed blockouts. These guys had two missed goes and you're on the baseline to run um, for rebounding. So uh, those two, those two areas are, are kind of important to us. You know, how do you finish plays defensively, you know, getting stops and then offensively playing the right way, just sharing the ball and taking care of it. This may be just as simple as do everything that I just told you to do, but we all encounter these from time to time. Are bad practices avoidable? No. <laughs> All right. So with that in mind, 
what are some practical ways, maybe just be restating some of the things we just mentioned, but what are some ways to minimize those bad practices? But I think probably more realistically, once we as coaches start recognizing that a practice is starting to turn a way that we didn't want it to go, how can we salvage that? Your leadership is important. I think uh, whether it's your seniors, your captains, I think your leadership to get to get to those guys, I think, is where you can minimize your bad practices. You know, it, it could be after the second drill and you see you're a little flat and you're calling your three captains together and you're you're telling them, hey, the, the standards got to be higher. We, we have to practice better today. You know, you I think the the ability to run back a drill, you know, guys are always saying, well, it wasn't good enough. We're just going to we're going to run that drill back. I I was at the Spurs training camp and they they actually I, I, I loved how they they were installing a you know, post defense and post feeds and they ran through the six minute drill. Then they moved on and they, they went to some competitive stuff. They went to some shooting and then they went back to the same drill and retaught it and re-executed it. So maybe it wasn't great for your five minutes. Well, instead of doing it for 10 or 15 minutes, just move on, move on and get to the next segment, get to the next part of practice and then do it a second time. And I, I thought it was a great tool. And even if it goes well, maybe it's a, maybe you're doing a, uh, you know, a playoff penetration and man, you have, you have great pop and you got, you got guys that are getting to the, the correct spacing and it was really good. Well, maybe 30 minutes later, you're doing it again um, just to keep it, keep the reminder in front of them. So I think there is an element of, of moving on and then coming back that could help you. I think there's an element of, challenging your your leadership after practice you know kind of knowing that it wasn't our best today you know maybe we're coming off a day off and you know you gotta you gotta get them going a little bit better and and you you challenge your seniors or your captains hey this this practice isn't good enough we're we're not you know we're not good enough to to have an average day we're just not and so uh, you guys have to get that group better tomorrow. You have to get them more prepared tomorrow and, and hold the leadership accountable. But uh, I, I wish I could say there's never going to be a bad practice. That, that That's not true. I, I think sometimes you, you know, guys, guys could be fatigued, you know, the dog days of practice. It's just, it's not, you know, it's not going well. I think just staying in the moment. Uh, I think for us this year, we had, we had some, some tough moments and, and you can't worry about what just happened. Maybe it was a bad drill. What just happened or, what's coming up. You have to worry about just what's happening now. And let's, let's get better in this drill, fellas. That, that previous 10 minutes was, you know, was, was average. It was not good enough. And we, you know, we have to be better. So getting to your leadership and to me is really important. So that's kind of reviewing with the players. What does the post practice evaluation process look like for you as a staff? After every practice, we actually stretch. Our strength coach um, has them together for about 10 minutes. So it, it gives us a chance to exhale and kind of just regroup a little bit as, as coaches. Um, and we'll all talk. It'll be, um, it'll be coach. It'll be assistants. It'll be um, guys who are stat taking everybody kind of, you know, just we regroup a little bit and then we'll come back together and then coach will address the team. So now you can, you can get a little bit of feedback from your assistants um, before you've huddled up before you've gone into kind of the exit of practice. And then there's, you know, then there's usually a post-practice film session with, you know, maybe coaches watching in the office or where we want to pull up a drill that we, we just put together and we want to see what it looked like or, you know, was our, you know, was our post traps good enough or how was, 
how was our defensive transition segment? We'll go back and we'll watch it immediately. And, and we'll, you know, we'll literally, we'll, we'll make the edit sometimes after practice. So, so it's ready for the, for the next day. I think the deal to, to kind of eliminate bad practices sometimes that, you know, just sometimes you do the whole practice the next day again, you're the exact same practice and can we do it better? Um, so I think there's, there is an evaluation, I think, of the day that's needed. You know, that there's a chance that sometimes you go to stats and, and that's tangible evidence that you can give your team. We had too many turnovers. It was clearly on the board. But there's ways to take everybody's um, feedback and then use it, obviously, for your, your team before you leave. And, and then they can, you know, they can exit practice with, with a little bit of understanding how the day went. The immediacy of meeting as a staff, like right after practice, when like things are fresh rather than waiting for the day after to come back to it, seemed to improve. And I've allowed us to, like I said, when things are fresh, which is almost the opposite for games, you know, after the games are over, you're emotional and uh, yeah. may not always be the best time to react to things. But at least for us internally, um, it was it was the best, best changes that we made. So, yeah, there's a simple question of you ask your assistants, what did you think? What did you think of the day? Mm-hmm. What did you think? And and they could spill, you know, anything from offense, defense to leadership to effort. And, and it it just it, it summarizes everybody's thoughts. I I think there's an element of doing that mid practice as well. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, as guys are going to water, you know, you can feel the the temperature of the gym is really competitive or, you know, the guys are fatigued or there's there's a, a break in practice. You guys usually get water or shoot free throws, whatever your whatever your practice break is as a staff come together, come together and say, okay, we're moving on into now ball screen D. Okay. Make sure, make sure we're sprinting into the coverage. Make sure we got, uh, you know, great technique. We're limiting fouls. Now you're meeting again, mid practice, mid drills, maybe you're recapping, Hey, our rebounding was terrible in that segment. And now you can, you can address it moving forward mid practice instead of, you know, you know, some coach stopping the drill and, and, you know, Mm -hmm you know, talking to the entire team. I think the pace of, of practice is one of Coach Holtman's biggest strengths. And so we're we're gonna stay in the drill and we're gonna stay in the drill and we're gonna pull a guy to the side. We're not gonna we're not gonna stop and, and coach and break up the sweat. And so in in you know in between segments is where you can you can really kind of talk through some things for 30 seconds or one minute and then keep practice moving with a pretty good pace. Uh, before I let you go, I, I did want to mention the championship production video. The topic is on creating an offensive identity, but just having watched a little bit of it, I think that you're doing some of the things that you just talked about, the specifics and how you talk through those things and how you teach the skills, the micro skills. Can you kind of share what all is in that video? Yeah, the the video really talks about some of our um, our team fundamental drills, you know, our early practice uh, playoff penetration, um, footwork, you know, reading the game, uh, not, not, not necessarily plays, but playing the game. And, and I think there's an element of in summer work and in preseason and then early parts of practice, you have to just read the game and you have to read closeouts. You have to be sharp in your passing and catching. And there's an element of just a couple of those breakdowns that we do daily. Uh, it helps in communication. It helps in obviously fundamentals. And just obviously you want to play the right way. You want to share the ball. You want to, you want to have some sort of offensive comfort. And, um, and for us, it's, it's fundamentals early. And so we go through some of that and, um, and it's in the video. Yeah. 
I'll be sure to link that down in the description so people can check that out. That's Coach Mike Netty, assistant coach for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Coach, a ton of practical stuff. Love the insights. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks a lot.